I'm here at the uh, Game Developers Conference in San Francisco, and with me today is a special guest. How about you introduce yourself? How you doing? Um, my name is David Kalina. Uh, and sound. What, what game did you work on? I worked on Spider, The Secret of Bryce Manor. And it, it won some kind of award? Uh, yeah, we won the uh, Independent Games Festival Mobile Game of the Year Award. Awesome. And what, what inspired the game? Um, what about Spider? Yeah. Uh, well, what inspired it? Oh, like, what inspired it? Um, we were actually, we had an open uh, concept solicitation process where we asked all of our friends in the group to just give us their ideas and, and um, this was just one of, you know, maybe a couple hundred little concepts we had and we really liked it because uh, it's really interesting thematic material like spiders are really cool insects and uh, play a really interesting role in the world and we felt like nobody had really explored them from the perspective we, we tried to. Okay, so you decided on spiders. How did you come up with that uh, game mechanic? Um, because, you know, there's some interesting game mechanics in here. Can you talk about that some more? Um, sure. Uh, originally, it was supposed to be an accelerometer-driven game. We were thinking about how to design for the iPhone, and it was originally intended to be kind of a more slow-paced spider simulator where you would slowly build your webs by spinning the device around, and, you know, you'd, you'd, your, your threads would fall in different directions based on the orientation of the device. But we kind of found that that wasn't really a very fun and prototype, and so we started experimenting with um, a mechanic that was touch-based, so um, in the game as it is now, you basically touch on a surface to move there, and the spider can kind of stick to any surface, and you swipe through the spider to jump, and so we really worked hard on those mechanics to make them feel really natural and powerful, and uh, we're pretty happy with the way they came out. And how long did it take to prototype the new mechanics? Just tweaking just it. Just the prototyping was real. I mean, it's hard to say. Like, uh, like just to get a basic, like you know, we had a swipe to jump up in a couple of days, but it was you know, it was hard to control. Um, it wasn't very predictable. Um, there were lots of little problems that kind of needed to be worked out. Um, that one came together pretty quickly, but uh, the touch to walk mechanic, mechanic, for example, actually required iteration over the lifetime of the project, which was eight months. And what was the issue with the touch to walk? Um, so, touch to walk, like initially we were trying to do something where where you touched the screen would drive the spider relative to the spider's orientation, but that would be kind of confusing because the spider can stick to any surface, so he can be upside down or hanging on a weird angle. Um, and so, eventually, we finally came up with a system where when you touch the screen, it figures out where the nearest surface is and it basically pathfinds to that surface and then the spider moves in that direction. And that's kind of a more intuitive mapping between like what the user is trying to do and what actually happens in the software. Yeah, and who did you test this on as you were prototyping? Was it mainly just game developers or did you call in other people to see what they thought? We actually, we um, we started playtesting the game maybe three months into the process and went through a number of significant playtests and we were always looking for friends or, you know, uh, fellow game developers to, to get on, get into the program and like we would you know we would do playtest builds and get it on their devices so we had we had you know something like 50 people playtest the game uh, and give us useful feedback so that was a really important part of us uh, making it good did you try to test it equally among men and women or was it mainly just whoever your friends were and it was kind of whoever we could find but you know um, one of the great things about the iPhone is that you know we have a lot of friends and family who use the iPhone or have an iPod Touch and uh, gender, it doesn't really break down along gender lines the way like say Xbox 360 ownership probably does. 
Yes. And the theme, the theme was appealing to both genders, or was there any kind of? Yeah, I think so. I, we've actually gotten a lot of really positive feedback from uh, from female friends of ours, and and just generally from the community. Some of our top players on the leaderboards who post on our forums are, are women. Uh, so we've gotten great feedback from women and great feedback from pe- from parents. Like a lot of uh, young kids seem to really enjoy playing playing the game. Yeah. Um, can you talk about the surprises you encountered as you were doing playtesting? What what was the biggest thing that you had to change? Or I know you're talking about iterating on these mechanics, but did anything blow your mind when, when you were doing it? Uh, I, it's been a while. The game came out over seven months ago, so I don't remember any major surprises. I'm, I'm sort of the lead engineer, so uh, for me, the things that kind of stand out were just technical nightmares, you know, a crash that like is really hard to debug, but nothing really that, that exciting. And um, did you use any engine as you were developing this, or was it just straight Apple APIs and C? Um, it's a homegrown engine. We built it from scratch for the iPhone, so we actually started with sample code that was provided by Apple and kind of started, you know, building that out into a real game engine. We used OpenGL to do all the graphics and, uh, you know, built a collision system, an animation system, and just kind of piece by piece, based on what we needed for the game, we built everything up. You mentioned leaderboards and stuff like that. I mean, do you, what other social elements have you added to this game and, and how important have they been? Um, so we actually, so we uh, we did a Facebook Connect integration about halfway through development and I, I think it was really important uh, to our success in a lot of subtle ways. Um, there aren't a lot of built-in ways for people to communicate about the game with their friends, but if you are, our attitude towards Facebook Connect was if you are a fan of Facebook and a fan of our game, you would be willing to log in and share information with your friends about it. And um, so we also have, uh, since we have online leaderboards where you can kind of compete globally with a bunch of strangers around the world, if you log into Facebook, you can also see all of the scores of your friends for a given game mode, and you see their faces in the app, and that's really cool, and just makes you feel more interested in, like, you know, you might have a conversation with your friend about how they're playing the game. Or, um, so, yeah, we were, we, uh, we were really happy with the, um, with the Facebook integration. I think that was important. And any other, <clears throat> any other marketing techniques you've used to uh, promote your game, like Twitter and stuff like that? Um, we, you know, we kind of use Twitter after the fact just for our company to kind of push news out into the stream. But, uh, you know, we don't really have, like, a big personality on Twitter, so I think maybe that makes us less interesting there. And we never integrated it into the software. Um, but it was Twitter was actually very useful for us to monitor the game's, uh, you know, attention in the press. Because if we, you know, Twitter searches were very useful for figuring out if, people, if other people were talking about the game. It was a good way to kind of track people's interest outside of just uh, the sales and the reviews in the app store. And, you know, once you released a game, were there any other surprises, or, or what happened then? You know, it was, it was sort of incredibly smooth sailing uh, for us after release. Uh, we got approved in 10 days, and uh, Apple was interested in featuring us a couple days later. We had great response from the community. The thing that was really uh, kind of surprising or challenging for us after release was that we had completely failed to push any pre-release information into the media. So nobody knew our game existed until the day it came out. Um, almost nobody. There were a couple people in the press that were let in on it that were people we were connected with, but but gamers had no idea that the game was coming. So all the promotion and excitement that happened was just after the fact. And I think maybe in some way that contributed to the success because people felt like it was a surprise. Yeah, they weren't expecting it. And, um, you know, what's next in store? Uh, what's... Uh, 
we're hard at work trying to prototype new concepts, and we haven't uh, settled on a, on a final direction for our next game, but we're working on trying to do another game for the iPhone and iPod Touch. And what suggestions do you have for other game developers who want to develop for the iPhone and iPod Touch and want to be innovative? Uh, well, my, my biggest suggestion is to really pay attention to what it means to design for the device. Uh, it's a really incredible piece of hardware with um, a really powerful touch screen and accelerometer. And these are really interesting input devices for games. But I feel like a lot of developers are trying to make games that are uh, very similar to games on other platforms, and they resort to doing things like virtual D-pads. And, and if I was encouraging somebody to start a game from scratch, I would say, like, think about using what's there, you know, and design for the platform. Yeah, and, you know, so you want the best mobile game. Why do you think that is? I think that um, there's a few main reasons. I think one of them is kind of what I was just talking about. It's a very native iPhone game. It's an experience you really can... It sort of feels like you can only have it on the iPhone. I don't know if that's true. Um, but I think, you know, specifically this game, I think, resonates with people because uh, it's fresh. Uh, there isn't really anything quite like it. And um, I think the fiction actually matters a lot to, to fans. Um, it's a very passive story. It's a very human story. Um, and But it's not in your face. There's not a lot of text. There's actually no text. It's all just something in the background and you kind of, I think the game has a really interesting art style and kind of pulls you into that world. So. Um, can you talk about the story more? Um, exactly what do you, I mean, what is it and what's, um, you know, how is it inspired? It's interesting that you have very little or no text. Um, right. Uh, so the story just kind of came out of like, you know, we're building this spider game and prototyping it and, you know, thinking about what it meant to like observe the world from the perspective of a spider. Um, and, you know, a spider doesn't really have any interest in the human world or what's going on in their space. But what spiders do is they, you know, leave places covered in cobwebs and go about their business eating bugs. And that's kind of what you do in the game. Like, you're not an active participant in the fiction. Um, the story is just told in the background as you move through this house, which is completely abandoned. There's no humans there. Um, but the humans that used to live there left behind all kinds of clues and information about um, about their lives, um, the way, you know, uh, the way people would do if they were leaving an environment. So if you're interested in the story as you are playing the game, what you, you know, what you do is you kind of pay attention to the, the uh, you know, the pictures on the wall and the secret areas that you uncover and the wedding ring that went down the drain and, you know, you can kind of get a, a perspective on these people's lives that maybe you wouldn't, uh, even if you were a human in that space. So. And, and have your players picked up on the story much or was it, is it just I, too subtle enough for just only the game designers check? That's a really interesting question. I think it is very subtle. I think people uh, mostly appreciate the fact that there is a story and therefore the environment has a, a kind of feeling and a tone, but probably don't actually piece together all the all the all the all the components. We do have some fans who have gotten really into it, and you know, on our forums and on the Touch Arcade forums, like get into extended discussions about what the story means, trying to piece it all together. So I think it's for a very small group of people who are very excited about that to like really unravel the mystery and understand it. Um, but I think for those people, it's very satisfying. And where can listeners download the game? Where, where can it? Uh, it's available on the App Store right now. Uh, you can download it for your iPhone or iPod Touch, and it's two ninety nine. And do you have a website? Uh, yes, uh, TigerStyleGames.com. Thank you very much.